So for the first time ever, I'm doing a little bit of an intro before the podcast gets started. I want to give some context to uh, how this episode unfolded. I met up with Tim at uh, his location at the Kingsway Mall. He's setting up a Fitset obstacle course. We'll uh, talk more of that in the episode. But I got there and my USB cord was kind of, it was shorted out so it wouldn't connect to the microphone properly. Also, my phone was dying. That's like story of my life. But that's because I'm using the same USB cord to charge my phone. Long story short, I went to the store and picked up two new USB cords right after we recorded this. Um, We recorded it with the audio on my phone, just like the voice recording app. And then I noticed that it was kind of inconsistent. And so then I had the realization that Tim had live streamed the whole thing on his phone and the audio on that was pretty awesome. So I got that audio for the podcast. I'm going to add in a little bit of, I'm going to add in a little pre-podcast ramblings that uh, Tim gave us because there was a lot of cool stuff that he talked about and then we'll get started with episode seven of the Lifestyle Chase. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. But I have a computer. I have a computer that can charge from a other type of an Apple charger. I just need the cord that goes in the microphone. Oh. Don't worry. I'll do it. Pause the Instagram live for a bit. Oh, pause in the Instagram live. We're going to get this thing fired up. We'll, I'll be back here in a second. Can you pause this thing? I don't know. Yeah, you know what? You you get it figured out. I'm just going to hang out here. Sounds good, man. And uh, keep this Instagram live going. Uh, let Let everybody on here know that this guy here, I first met him through the fitness scene. He uh, is uh, was an instructor at True Ride now personal trainer, doing his own thing. And I knew that he used to work in a warehouse and uh, was telling me how he really wanted to get into the fitness scene. And I've just followed him for the last year and a half and, and start, he started working for Yeg Fitness and I've just seen him start to create a really awesome online presence that has really attracted me to the stuff that he's doing and uh, motiv- motivated me to be like, hell yeah, I'm coming on your podcast. So, and on top of that, the other day when I'm like trying to get, how the hell am I going to get these massive freaking obstacles from trucks into Kingsway Mall? Who owns, who, who can operate a forklift? And this guy, he can operate a forklift. I called him up the night before came out and was a huge piece in getting all this shit in here, which was, which was tough. So we're going to do a podcast and I'm going to answer some questions that he has and just talk about stuff because sometimes you just got to talk about stuff and uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in, uh, in my life right now with the company, with Fitset. Um, I like that. 
This board is finicky, so I have to get it so that it works perfectly in the position that it's in. So just keep talking. No worries, I can talk. We're just doing it. Mic check here. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Never buy a USB cable at Dollar Tree. I mean, you can, but you're going to have to buy about 16 of them until they work really well. Dollar Tree. This podcast is not brought to you by Dollar Tree. Absolutely not. This is my first Instagram live. Mine I was too, a little bit, I was a little bit nervous doing it, just talking about stuff and you're good at it, rambling and going on. You got the wow. skills. Like, did you ever think about being an auctioneer? I haven't. I I'd haven't. buy something from you. Like, I have a budget, but I'd buy it. Sell me a pie or something, twenty bucks. Yeah, that pie. used to be my thing. That used to be my thing before Fitset is sales. My first, my first job was door to door sales of security systems. When I was in university, I went down to the States and sold security systems in Atlanta, Georgia. Did you kill it? Um, It was hard. I sold like 50 uh, systems throughout the summer. Yeah. The big dogs were selling like 100 to 150, but a lot of people wouldn't sell sell anything. And it was was tough and it was the first real test into, into selling. And I attribute a lot of things from a lot of really positive things in my life to that summer knocking on doors in 40 degree heat in Atlanta, Georgia, when people would open their door and say, I got my own security system and show me their pistol on their belt. And I'm just like, uh, well, this is just a check this. I just put this sign on your lawn and you get the system for free. So it's a win win. That would make you so resilient though. I'm leaving to Calgary tomorrow to pick up a big Ninja Warrior rack. I have the craziest day, but I'm like, I'm going to do this because I like Chris and he's doing good shit in Edmonton and um, I've just followed him now for the last uh, year and a half, two years through the fitness community and uh, I've seen some of the guests that he's already brought onto this podcast and was was motivated to get my ass over here at eight in the morning to uh to do this so we're doing it live so this is episode seven of the lifestyle chase podcast thanks for joining me tim thank you chris taking that time aside uh, out of your busy day uh aside from our technical difficulties with usb cords from dollar tree how is your morning going my morning's going great that's awesome my morning's going great so far i've Got a workout in. So, I uh, had a quick bite, and I'm here. Day to day, take us through your morning or your your daily routine. Like, what what's your Monday through Sunday like? What does it look like? My routine is pretty pretty structured in some pieces, and and varies in other pieces. Every morning, I work out at uh, Capital City Athletics with my wife Katarina, and we get up at like 5.30, the, the gym is 700 meters from my house, so we do a workout, come back, have breakfast, get ready, make a lunch, and then I'm off to our office. So I, I, I work out of the eHub co-working space at U of A, so I meet um, our developers and, and our team there. Um, park in the Fitset VIP parking lot, which is just um, parking on campus is a son of a bitch. 
I'll say that. So I park um, at the Fitzet VIP lot, which is just underneath the high level bridge, enter by the Kinsman. If you ever want to park in, in my Fitzet VIP lot, just do it, it's free. Um, and then I, uh, you know what, I, I, before I walk up the path, I've started taking uh, between 10 and 20 minutes. And over the last 18 months, I've built in a 10 to 15 medita minute meditation nice. into my day. Yeah. And that has been um, just a really uh, a challenging experience to get it consistent and to build that into my routine. But everyone's always talked about the benefits of, of meditation, and I didn't really get it, but I tried and tried, and now I'm starting to feel it. So before I walk up to the office, I, I've built that little habit, and um, then the day is just crazy. Things happen, work, this, whatever, meetings, uh, leave around... 5.30, 6, 6.30, later sometimes. I try to get back to make dinner with Katerina, and we'll hang out. We'll maybe watch an epi. That's what we call an it. An epi, on, I love on it. Netflix. Um, what so are we, trendy. What are we into right now? Um, Ozark. Shit, season two of Ozark's on. Shameless. That's a good one. And then we're in bed by 9.30 or 10. Um... So we're like, yeah, 9.30 or 10. It's like, a, like an infant. Like an infant. But yeah, that's my uh, that's my day-to-day, -day, Monday to Friday. On Saturday and Sunday, we usually do a workout at like 10 a.m., hang out, relax, we'll walk the dogs. Sunday, every single Sunday, we go to Katerina's parents' place for a family dinner. That's awesome. And um, her mom, she's Croatian, and so her mom's like old school, Yugoslav, like Serbo-Croatian, and makes these extravagant, amazing, wonderful dinners every single Sunday, and packs us like two to three days of leftovers that I'll have for lunch, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. You're set. And it's, it's I'm just so lucky that you do that. And yeah, that's my, that's my week. I like that routine. And like every, would you say that uh, you're working on projects on the weekend, or your weekends are pretty free? Um, I'm getting things, I'm, I'm doing a few things here and there on the weekends, but um, it's, it's cyclical. Some weekends when things are busy, I have to, to dial in and just like get, get stuff done. But most of the time, I, try, I really try and just spend time with Kat and just in, relax and recover on the weekends. Yeah, that's good. Because like your weekdays get pretty packed, hey? Like how long of a work day would you say you have? You know what? I I I used to get to the office between eight thirty and eleven sometimes, um, and I'm there till four until eight. So it ranges. Like some days I'm like, holy shit, I didn't get anything done really today at all. And I'm, and then some days, like yesterday, I was here till eleven p.m. So it's 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 cyclical. It goes it goes up and down, and I'm just I try to manage my energy so I'm not working too hard and, and then I'm not spending time with the cat or I'm getting burnt out or anything because I've been there too. Yeah, totally. Uh, what were you doing here till 11 p.m.? Um, we were, I, I had meetings. So we have this space. We're doing this big um, launch of Fitset Ninja Warrior next month. And so I'm meeting with, um, with other people, with other vendors in terms of how to how to really maximize this space. So we're talking about getting a, a VR company in here to do yeah. VR over the two months. 
um, a meeting with an axe throwing company that's going to add to our obstacle course, but also operate axe throwing. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm meeting with these type of people. Please tell me you're not going to have that intersecting note. You're going to have to time your <laughs> obstacle jump so that you miss all the axes. That guy's new with the axe, so be be mindful of him, kind of thing. That would be nuts. Yeah. But I know you got her under control. Um, so tell us a bit more about what you've got planned for this, because we talked a bit about it off of the pause coming through. Yeah, I've got to pause the live when the phone comes through. Yeah. So what I'm up to, this this thing that's going on here at Kingsway Mall is called Fitset Ninja Warrior. And it's an, initi an initiative that Fitset, my, my core company, is putting on. And Fitset Ninja Warrior is essentially Canada's largest indoor obstacle course. So from October 27th to December 31st, this 80,000 square foot space is being trans transformed into a full-size Ninja Warrior obstacle course, a fitness and family fun zone. Hell yeah. So we're gonna have this thing open five days a week. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, Fridays, five to 9 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays, 10 to, to 4 p.m. where people can come and they, they, they buy a day pass, open gym. So they can come, they can practice the obstacles. We're gonna have certified obstacle course racing instructors here that are gonna show people how to do them, warm up, just, just feel, feel comfortable. And then at the end, we're actually gonna do time trial heats where I'm gonna get on the mic, we're gonna have the big timer, beep, 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 beep. And you go and, and people can record their score. And, um, over the few over the two months that we're doing this, every Saturday and Sunday, we're going to be hosting fitness fitness pop-ups with our Fitset Studio partners. So we have a group fitness area over there that um, we'll have yoga classes, we'll have hit classes, we'll have circuit classes, Pilates classes um, on Saturdays and Sundays for people to just kind of switch it up. And um, yeah, we're going to have a kids course in here. Like I said, we're talking about getting some VR. We're talking about potentially bringing in drift trikes. Um, we really want to make this a, a, a family-friendly, active lifestyle-themed um, zone. And that's yeah. awesome, and especially with the timing of it. Like, people are going to be Christmas shopping, and have you ever had, like, a an opportunity to go and do an obstacle course in the middle of, like, the tedious Christmas shopping that so many people dread? Like, that's such a cool uh, like new new innovation that I think a lot of people are going to really appreciate. I I hope so, man. I'm having a baby. I, I, I got to make this work. Man, you just... <laughs> the people in the podcast didn't even have a clue and you just dropped that bomb on them. So well, I got I... I to gotta get to our next topic. I'm going to segue. How long have you and Kat been together and how did you meet? Um, Kat and I have been together for just over 10 years together. We've been married for five years, um, just over five years. July was five years. And we met at the U of A in a class. So when I was doing my business undergrad, she was doing her business undergrad. It was a business communications class. I was a single guy. I was, uh, you know, I, I was kept my eyes open and the first class the instructor set up an exercise where he's like he set he set up like um team captains like old school ground team captains where you're the team captain you're the team captain you're the team captain 
and, and you go and you pick the people that you want to be in the group, in your group for this exercise. And so he selected me as a team captain and I kind of looked around and I saw this tall blonde woman sitting at the top and she had her computer open and she had her pencil sharpener and her highlighters and her erasers and her like snacks. <laughs> and I'm, it came to my turn. I'm like, I pick you to be in my group. And I could just see the look on her face. She's like, oh, and like closes it <laughs> and starts packing up all this stuff. And that was the first time I met Katerina in that class. And we just started to get to know each other a little bit more in the class. And then um, found out we had some mutual friends and just started hanging out. And that was, holy crap, that would have been, uh, yeah, over, over 10 years ago. Did she share her snacks? She did. She'd always get candy. She's a fiend for uh, little five cent candies. And so she would she would share them. That's awesome. So uh, how was the journey like getting to the point where now you're expecting a baby? There's always some trials and tribulations and timing and when is the right time? Was it timed? Was it planned? I know as a kid, I wasn't exactly planned. I like to reflect on myself as a blessing. I have brothers that are nine and 13 years older. But, uh, so what's the story? Tell us more. Um, for me, for the longest time, I knew that I always wanted to have kids, but for the longest time, I've always been like, oh, I want to, I want to push it off. I want to push it off because I want to be further ahead. I've always had in my head that, oh, I want to have, like, I want to be set. I want to have um, money and just be like financially really financially stable to 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 start a family and so in my head I'm always like oh, I, I'm not I'm not ready I'm not ready because I'm not far enough along life-wise to do that um, and then and then we just we just we just did it and I'm and, and everyone has told me that there's no good time to, to have a kid so I'm just like I'm just leaning in and and trying to enjoy and, and am enjoying um, every minute of Katerina being pregnant and just how ha seeing how happy she is and seeing how happy my family is, my parents and her parents. It's just like a really uh, amazing time that I'm trying to just like uh, experience and, and be, be, be happy about. And I am. It's, it's, it's a, yeah, I'm just, I'm just ready. I don't know. I don't, I don't know really some of the emotions, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm scared. Um, but not really scared and just just ready. That's good. That's good. And it's like for for people who are entrepreneurs, people in the fitness industry, like there you see a lot of people that they're either single or they're a married couple, but they don't have kids until like really later on kind of thing. And to see somebody actually just making it happen, they just pull the trigger. Let's do this. We're going to have a kid. It's exciting. It brings hope to many people out there in the industry. Like there's there's couples who, who do their business together and it's like, well, we're going to have a kid when, 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 and it just keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed. So hopefully this inspires some people that are chasing their dream to also chase their, their lifestyle goals because that's what it's all about. It's the Lifestyle Chase podcast. Tell us a story about FitSet. How did that start? FitSet started three and a half years ago, but it was it, it really it really came from five plus years of something inside of me just like knowing that I want to be an entrepreneur 
knowing that like my career, I want to be in for my career. I want to be in business for myself. There was some, some feeling inside of me that made me think that this is like a career that provides the freedom that I really, that I really want. But, um, getting into business was never my original intent. I'm a former volleyball was my original thing for 15 years in my life. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to go to the Olympics. So when I finished playing with the Golden Bears here at the U of A, I went to the full-time national team center in Ottawa and then went over to Germany and played a few a few seasons professionally while doing long distance with Cat and just came to a crossroads where I'm like this is this is the woman that I that I want feel like I want to be with for the rest of my life and I was dealing with some nagging injuries and I just made the decision to come back to Canada um, I was while I was playing overseas in Germany I was work I was doing a, a sales job online I was I was selling a learning an online learning management system to um, Australian companies it was like a language training system and so I was like starting to get a feel for for sales and so when I came back to Canada I started to get into sales um, was working for a commercial security company selling systems to businesses and had another sales business development job where I as I was doing selling stuff for other people I just started feeling like I should be I, I'd, I'd like to do this for myself uh, I'd like to get into business for myself and for five years it was talking about business ideas, really knowing that I wanted to, to do that, but never never starting anything, never actually taking that first step to execute. And so I, I started up the MBA program in um, 2013 and um, thought that, okay, this is gonna give me the tools and the skills that I need to to start a business and to build a business that was meaningful and I started going to all these speakers and listening to all these entrepreneurs talk and they're all talking about oh well there's their story and they, they did this and they, they that didn't work and then that led them to this thing and then they made this partnership and that failed and then it came here and then holy crap now they're super successful and I asked one of these speakers that was speaking at the U of A like what advice would you give to a dude that knows he wants to be an entrepreneur, but has, hasn't been able to transition from that uh, that uh, like corporate job. And he's like, simple, two things. Number one, pick up the uh, the book, the Four Hour Work Week today, do it, uh, read it, start reading it tonight, and tomorrow, start a business. Doesn't matter what it is, but entrepreneurship is a skill like any other skill, like volleyball or whatever, that you only can improve by practicing. So I was pumped. I picked up the book when that night started reading it the next day I didn't start a business I start, kept reading the book I didn't finish the book I continued working my sales job four months later I was doing a cold call in an industrial area knock on the door that guy opens up the door and he's like hey you're that guy that I challenged to start a business how's that how's that going and I'm like oh, I felt sick yeah and that was the point where I'm like I am starting this thing until it's driven into the ground and it fails. And until that time, um, I haven't actually tried. And so that was three and a half years ago. And now we're, we're three and a half years in. We have 85 fitness studio partners. Um, we have a ton of, of, of regular subscribers and customers. 
and we're launching Fixet Ninja Warrior and trying to get this into more cities soon. Woo! Hell yeah! That is awesome. Um, we're going to uh, do a little segue into your years before Fitset. In high school, what clique would you say you fell under? Oh man, what clique? Um, well, I would say like we weren't. I wasn't in like the group that that would be considered like the the, the cool kids, like the coolest kids there, like the group that's you know they're out there going to the parties and the in the gravel pits and they're in the dart pit and. They were kind of considered like the cool kids, but we we thought we were pretty cool, and we would do like I don't know stupid stupid shit and have fun. But I was always kind of I don't know in high school I was a little bit self conscious, and I was think like think oh those are the cooler kids, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if I was really in a clique, but we had a really fun, solid group of friends in in high school, and, and I'm still in touch with uh, with a lot of them, which is which is awesome. Were you a pretty athletic person growing up? Yeah, volleyball was my was my thing from like grade six until um, 2011. So grade six would have been what year 2000? No, like 1997. I remember it was. I, I remember. I have this vivid memory when my mom she worked at Grand Prairie College. And I grew up in Grand Prairie until um, I was 17, and I moved to moved to Red Deer for college. But I have this vivid vivid image where I was at the college in the gymnasium, and I saw all these people playing volleyball, and there was like it was like a club club volleyball practice. And I'm like, oh, that looks so fun. That looks like such a fun game. And the the season like the club has like had already started or something, and I was late or, or whatever. And I remember my mom. She worked at the college and she went in and talked to someone and, and somehow like just just got me in even though I was a little bit late and, and, and that was in grade six and then ever since that it was my passion. I loved the game, I loved um, everything about it, the competitiveness, the, the discipline required, the training and just got deeper and deeper and deeper until I'm like shit, this, like, I want to make a career of this thing. That's awesome. Uh, so you weren't you weren't considered a jock, just kind of a well-rounded kind no, of. No, I was. You know what? The volley. I was on the volleyball team, the, the volleyball team, and the volleyball team wasn't like you know. Everyone's like, oh, there's the volleyball team. They're like the coolest dudes. Like, okay. There's the basketball team. There's the football team, and I was like tall and gangly and kind of awkward. And so <laughs> it wasn't like. Yeah, no, I wouldn't consider myself a, a jock. That's fair, and that's good. I, I'd say I'd relate. I was kind of similar. Like, I was athletic, but I was also, like, really proficient with computers. And uh, I just kind of, like, fell into sort of this category in the middle where we were pretty confident in ourselves, and that was good enough kind of thing, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so what was the biggest obstacle that you've faced so far as young entrepreneur and what helped you overcome it? So this is this is an easy one. The biggest the biggest obstacle by far was the mental block that I had in actually starting this thing and take turning the switch in my head that okay, I kind of want to do this to like I am doing this until it fails. That was the, the biggest challenge and the biggest obstacle in, in getting this whole thing going was take, committing and just taking that first step and 
after I've taken it, and now that it feels like it's it's still hard, there's still challenges, but there's just momentum, and everything everything will just is playing out, and it's sometimes good and it's sometimes bad, and but I'm in it now, and that was the that was the goal in in the first place. So um, definitely taking that first step and just committing to executing on your idea until it fails, and not being scared that it's going to fail, because that's like the all these successful people and all these like entrepreneurs and I'm like, Oh, I want to be like you, like hearing their story and just seeing that consistent thread that, Oh, I did this and it was so shitty and it blew up and lost all this money and blah, blah. I don't want to, I don't want to lose it. But, and that led, that led them to this and then that, and then a lot of failures led to them being super successful. So if you had to motivate somebody that was like the younger version of you to start a very similar company, and you just had to trigger them to go into action, what would you say? I would say the exact same advice that um, was given to me. Start a business tomorrow. Not next week. Start a business tomorrow. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's a business. Start an organization. Start something that, it doesn't matter. Sell your the shit in your basement on Kijiji and take really good photos of it and, and be creative in the, in the ad, like do something because you're never going to get better without actually practicing or doing something. So start tomorrow is the advice. So true. Embracing your inner Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you ever listen to him? I do. I do. Um, yeah, he's like the, a beast, like so massive. Everyone knows about him right now. Um, for sure. One guy that I real that I just like love, I have a man crush on, is um, and he produces I just eat up his content whenever he puts it out and it seems that it's always relevant to exactly where I'm at and it's, I can just apply it who is it um, his name's Dan Martell okay and he's, he's very specific in terms of like um, early stage software uh, founders but he's just his whole it, it relates to entrepreneurship in general and his his whole philosophy on life on business on execution and everything is yeah I have I, I have a man crush on him that's awesome I can just see like the dude's face and hearts and you're like ah Dan Martell <laughs> so what's the biggest challenge to living in Edmonton <laughs> not 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 much I grew up in Grand Prairie so yeah. I always thought that Edmonton was this massive booming metropolis and oh Edmonton like how do you even know how to get around in Edmonton? <laughs> um, and now that I live here, I realize that it is a it isn't a big city. It's a small community, especially like in fitness or in in the business community. Like lots of people know each other or yeah. one or two degrees connected. And so in what I'm doing and trying to like actually trying to build a company from Edmonton that is truly scalable to go to cities right across Canada and then outside of Canada, um, I've found that it's sometimes hard to get connected to the people and the, the, the money and the expertise that have done that before, that have started a company and bootstrapped a company from nothing, from their, their bank savings launched it and turned it into something that the, that can scale to a national or an international organization so many phone calls popular um, so many phone here. calls 
And um, you look online and all of those companies are coming from Toronto and Vancouver and Montreal, the big successful um, companies. And I'm not saying that, you know, having a small local um, company is, is a bad thing, but I made the decision that I don't want Fitset to be a local, like a lifestyle company here in Edmonton. I want to build this into something that has a much bigger impact on a national and international scale. And so I've found that in Edmonton, there just, there just aren't as many people and investors and kind of mentors that have actually done it before, started something like this and brought it to um, a, a massive company. That makes sense. What but about the weather? I, but I love Edmonton. That's that's my inspiration. Everybody, everybody loves. Edmonton. I want that's like that's the legacy that I truly want to leave. I want to be like the the jobber, jobbers. This company they started in Edmonton. They're like blowing. They're they're massive now, and they're headquartered here in Edmonton. Yeah. I want Fitset to be a success story coming from Edmonton. As long as that's your mentality, I think it'll happen. Like, uh, what what cities are you thinking of expanding to, or which which cities are you? Potentially already expanding to. No, we're we, we I'm not the first person to do this uh, multi studio fitness pass concept. This model has has really blown up over the last four years, and we have a massive competitor from New York City that expanded all across the states. They're expanding internationally. They're in Toronto, Vancouver, and Calgary, and we're doing very sim. We have a very sim similar product. And so what I'm working on right now with my developers is really to what is that differentiator? What can we do better than our competitor class pass? So if we did go into the same market as them or if they came into Edmonton, that I could say, hey, this is what this is why you would choose Fitset. This is why we're we're better. Absolutely. But on the same hand, we have something here. There's 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 no competition in, in any other city in Canada other than Toronto, Vancouver and uh, and Calgary where we do want to start expanding our footprint, getting our brand uh, aware, creating brand awareness in, in other cities, and just um, keeping this thing moving while we work on that differentiator and keep improving in the background. Completely makes sense. And I think like uh, building your your wall of, of fits, at, like just building that frame, framework to make it really, really strong we're really reinforced to compete with those big companies is great and like the more the more you do projects like this here at Kingsway and the stuff that you did at Southgate last year and just collaborations with people around the city the stronger you'll be you'll have that brand loyalty like people will be like no no not not the not the New York company we're we're sticking with Fitset because they built this brand loyalty kind of thing and I think it'll pay off really well for you um, what about the weather? Like we, we started talking about weather. What do you think of snow? Um, I don't mind snow. Like I said, I grew up in Grand Prairie. I guess so. That's like, that's, that's pretty much your clutch. Like yeah, grew up in Grand Prairie, man. So this is just better than everything. <laughs> I, um, working in the fitness industry, I actually look forward to fall and winter because that's a, there's, there's some, it's cyclical in the summertime. Um, people aren't rushing to the the studios and to the gym. Oh, they're out running the river valley. They're out camping. They're out hiking. They're doing out doing all the awesome things that you can do 
as an Edmontonian or an Albertan in the summertime, where like places in the states there or, or other places where the climate is more consistent, there like the fitness industry is consistent. Yeah. Where, um, like here, and I've it's not just me. I've like le- I've like learned this from a lot of the studios that we work with. They're like, oh, summer's like slower. Oh, like, so I look forward to fall and winter. I'm like, yeah, everyone's getting back to studio, go time. It's kind of funny. I never even thought of that. Like, I'm living it. Like, my when I was a spin instructor, classes were busier when there's snow outside. As a trainer, there's more consultations when there's snow outside. Because yeah, like, you can't just go out and work in the park like in a foot of snow. Like, unless you're a savage with snowshoes, it just can't be done. People are more inclined to go inside where it's nice and warm, and that makes sense. And you're you're a gritty individual. You're used to to challenges, so like a little snow and traffic doesn't doesn't bother you. That's yeah. awesome. When I when I first started the company, I was like super, running super lean. I ended up having to sell my my vehicle and bought a bike and biked through the winter. Damn, you savage. <laughs> So, from my observations of you over the past, like, you travel a lot, don't you? Um, I have been recently. We've had so many weddings this summer and just, like, random things going on that I have recently. What are some countries you've been to? Oh, um, well, I came back from the Philippines this, just in the spring. Um, Kat and I were finishing our MBA and we did a project. It was a school-based project in the Philippines with World Vision where we were doing this work and also spent a week afterwards just to relax. Um, my wife Kat's from Croatia, so we've been to uh, Croatia and I used to play volleyball in Europe, so I've been to Germany, been to the Netherlands, been to Spain, I was able to travel around to Turkey and, and different places where other Canadian players were playing volleyball. So that was, um, that was really cool. Where else? States, Mexico. The the, the, the the standard Mexico all like vacation. But yeah, that's pretty much where I've been. When you travel, do you stay in a hostel? Do you stay in a resort? Do you stay in a hotel? Um, it depends. My honeymoon we we went to Thailand for our honeymoon, Kat and I, and we just just roughnecked it. Like we stayed in hostels, cheap, just traveled around and then the last the last night we got like a super nice hotel and treated ourselves. Well, it depends. Like I don't really, we don't really care. We st- we've stayed in some pretty shoddy establishments. You um, say roughneck, but have you ever uh, slept in a sleeping bag on a five-star beach in Hawaii? No, I haven't. That's you should that's try it. roughnecking it. It's, yeah. it's pretty sweet. Like I don't don't like say Chris Little said to do this, but I mean you could just maybe do that. Uh, make sure that the the guards aren't around. <laughs> you just. Go after they've left and leave before they get back. Yeah, you get a yeah. good view of uh, the the moon of the ocean. I'd recommend it. That's how I I've traveled that way before. I've I've uh, stayed at some barns. There's a barn in Montana with Airbnb where they had like the top loft area set up with about 14 beds. It was me and I think three other friends. Yeah, stayed in there. So like traveling is great, but if you can like amp up the experience with something that nobody else has ever done it makes it so much more beneficial and just for somebody like myself who i would consider a uh, thrifty traveler yeah, yeah a lot of my trips have been uh 
WestJet uh, credits. Yeah. So yeah. like the flight is free. So then I'm like, okay, we're gonna spread our money as far as we can go. We're gonna <laughs> go to uh, Costco a lot for for lunch and see what we can do here. Love Costco lunches. Where's your favorite place you've traveled to? I would say, I would say Thailand. Oh, you you hesitated there. Um, well, I was gonna say Croatia, but because that was really awesome too. But Thailand for my honeymoon, that was really that was a really awesome experience. Um, and the Philippines was a really amazing experience as well, in the same part of the world, and just like the most amazing, beautiful landscapes and beaches. Um, and yeah, yeah, I would say Croatia, and then then uh, Southeast Asia. What was your favorite part about Philippines? Um, I, I would say the the pe the people. Um, the people are just so, you know, they're just they're 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 happy people, and they they have so little, mm -hmm. and it, it's that their their outlook on 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 life, and they're so so welcoming, um, and the, the 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 beauty of the the place, like the most amazing beaches and and landscapes and sunsets and, and everything it was just so picturesque and beautiful that's awesome and like it's just they're a very uh hard working culture like like every culture you have your your slackers and your hard workers but i find that the people who are really willing to put in the work are very consistent in how how much work they put in mm -hmm. so it's great to see that in like a large mass of people because Canada being a nation that welcomes so many different cultures in and we're, we're sharing this, this land with our First Nations people, like it's just, as long as it works harmoniously, it's a very beautiful way to live. Like if, uh, if we weren't doing this harmoniously, it would turn ugly real quick and that's the, that's the unfortunate thing about uh, politics and all that dramatic stuff which we won't get into but uh not, not, not on the lifestyle chase podcast absolutely not no politics here <laughs> but when people can actually collaborate and that goes with fitness that goes with everything things just get better and applying that to to everything in life just makes life better because everybody has something to bring to the table and that that goes with all facets kind of thing that's that's the beauty of traveling because you don't know unless you know you know <laughs> I know oh you know if you could give 20 year old Tim one piece of advice what would it be start a business tomorrow <laughs> just really. consistent with that advice well, I would I, 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 I found what I I feel like I've found what what I want to do for the rest of my life and I've, I realized I was chatting with some some 19 20 year olds that are here that are just like volunteering to come and help out they want to be a part of this they want yeah. to um, spruce up their resume and, and build their portfolio they're 19 20 I'm like I wish I was doing that type of stuff yeah when I was 19 or 20 because they're <laughs> well what they're doing is they're practicing something knowing that they're not getting paid but at some point they're gonna have these skills to do the thing there's so many different roles that I've done where I was either just not making money doing it or not getting paid but then I became very proficient at it like yeah like web design and marketing and stuff like that that's paid off with my newest uh, training venture with yeah. Invigorate 
And they're, and you know what, like they're, they're incentivized. If they bring in a, a group of students, if they talk to their old high school gym teacher and their old high school gym teacher brings in the high school class, I'm cutting them in on that. So if they want to make some money, great. I've told them what my goals are with this FitSet Ninja Warrior thing and just want to leave it to them to, hey, like this is, this is a, some entrepreneurial training. Like you Smart. make it happen or you don't. So, yeah. um, yeah. Are any of them uh, jumping on that? Have they put the wheels in motion, or yeah. are they still scratching? It? They yeah, it? they're. The, I call them the intern army. That's and awesome. They're they're getting rocking. That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite place to eat in Edmonton? Oh, well, I, this is this is yeah. My wife would know this because of our credit card statement. <laughs> oh, I love I love going to Elm Cafe and getting a breakfast sandwich. Tell me about the sandwich. Uh, well, it, it varies. Um, it varies by day, but it's the early. They call it the early Sammy, and they have a, a vegetarian version and then like a meat version. And I most I usually get the meat version, but it 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 varies. It's like a breakfast sandwich with egg and some sort of meat and some sort of other vegetable or something on there, and it's just always amazing. Uh, Elm Cafe, they they're also. The people that do Sal's um, and District Cafe, Borough, and the LRT station, and they're just opening up um, some stuff in the Highlands, uh, so, some more cafe. So really cool uh, cafe restaurant concept, and they have a few different brands around the city. And their breakfast sandwiches are damn good. That's awesome. So hopefully, uh, hopefully they get a chance to hear this because you get, just gave them one hell of a shout out. <laughs> Yes, Nate, and you know Nate Box, the guy that that, uh, that that started this. He was one of the guest speakers in this class, the same class that had that that guest speaker okay. that really yeah. inspired me, and was yeah. the guy that kicked my ass when he did this. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's cool how like things circle around. You you meet somebody, and then you get an idea, and you associate that idea with different people that were around when you had it, and it all comes full circle, and you're like, hey, how's it going? I uh, applied my idea, here we are, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I've found that with training, like, I'll, I'll have people that I got an idea from, like, somebody that inspired me, like a certain brand that inspired me, and then we go full circle, and I end up collaborating with them, or I end up, like, as as a peer or at least like in the closer communication with them and i just think it's really neat it's almost like a life's way of foreshadowing what your future is kind of thing especially if you can keep uh, a good attitude about it and keep motivated uh what would you say is your best way to stay motivated because obviously you're gonna have your bad days how do you get out of a bad day yeah so for for me this was this was a learning experience where starting this business i you start to run into challenges and obstacles in, in business. And I used to get so stressed out about these, these challenges because they were new and I hadn't experienced them. I'm like, this is, the, this is my business. I don't want to mess this up. And what I've realized is that as the business grows and the more that I, the longer I'm doing this, those challenges and obstacles and the things that go haywire only get bigger. They only get bigger. And if I, I'm reacting and getting all stressed out all the time, then life would be pretty shitty. And so I've just taken the mindset that 
this is supposed to be hard. There's supposed to be challenges. The challenges are supposed to be harder and better. And it's up to me to become better at solving them. And so I'm just like really tried to adopt that mindset that like, okay, if shit is not going well, it's not about that. It's about me and how I'm going to tackle it. And Dan Martell, who I, who I alluded to, my man crush earlier, he just has such a good philosophy. And he's really inspired me to, to lean in. And just when things are like tough and things are challenging and shit is going haywire, to like lean in a little bit more and just embrace it, that, ha that that's how it's supposed to be. Um, so that's been what's, what's really kind of helped me get through to, through tough days and just keep that motivation there. I love it. Something that I've learned in the last year um, is just the better we are at thriving in discomfort, the more successful we'll be. Like if you're in a shitty situation or if you're in an area where you're highly vulnerable, like financially, emotionally, all these different things, if you become really good at being in that place, nobody's got anything on you. Like, how are they going to stop you now? I actually have that as my phone background. I've had it for two years. How are they going to stop you now? Yeah. They haven't stopped me yet. There you go, man. <laughs> oh, amazing. If you had to choose one River Valley Park in Edmonton to walk in for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Oh, you can't go to any other park. Doesn't matter if there's a music festival, nothing. Charity race, no, can't go. You have to pick one. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I know. Um, you know what? I'm not a big park connoisseur. Emily Murphy Park is kind of near the office, near my house-ish. So I would say that. that I got to take us to the, the finisher, the last and the final question, the one that leaves our listeners with something to walk away with. And I got one minute in my when my IG live, so the timing perfect. is perfect. It's like we planned it. We, we planned the USB problems, all that stuff. Yeah. If you could give our listeners one piece of advice on how to live their most authentic and fulfilling life, what would it be? You know what, if you're passionate about something, if there's something that you like to do, ensure that you are doing that in your life. Um, for me, it was I, I wanted to get into business. I, I started it. I just did it. So for anyone that's wanting to, to embrace on, just to start a creative project or, or business or, or anything, just do it. Just start. And if it's just something that you like to do, if you like to rock climb or whatever your passion is, just like start doing that. And don't do shit that isn't, isn't enjoyable to you. Yeah, don't do shit that uh, doesn't fill your cup, hey? I love it. Thanks for being with me. Uh, thanks for being guest for episode seven. High five. Yeah. Woo.